Thank you for joining us for the premiere of Nib on This, the Coco Terra podcast. My name is Erin, and I will be your host today. If you are wondering what Coco Terra is, well, it's the brand behind the first ever fully automated tabletop chocolate maker. That's right. You can actually make chocolate in the comfort of your kitchen. Visit us at cocoterra.com. That's C-O-C-O-T-E-R-R-A.com to learn more about home chocolate making. And be sure to check out our chocolate blog. You can also learn how to pre-order your own Coco Terra chocolate maker. Nib on This aims to bring our listeners the best and brightest from the world of cacao and chocolate. We will explore the many layers and deep-rooted origins of chocolate in hopes of bringing awareness and new perspectives to this global community. The hope is that you will gain insights to better understand the importance of the process of growing, harvesting, and conservation of cacao in the context of a global chocolate market. We hope, dear listeners, that with this newfound information, you will be inspired in many ways, that you will have the desire to make your own chocolate and contribute to the sustainability of this sacred tree, Theobroma cacao, and its fruit, the cacao pod. So for our first episode, we are honored to have with us Mohamed El-Saki, former CEO of Godiva and chairman of Artisan du Chocolat and a distinguished advisor to a number of companies in the food industry. Hello, Mohamed. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Erin. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such an honor. I'm very excited to be able to learn more about you and your journey and all of the knowledge that you've accumulated over your storied career. In order to just get to know more about you and all of your experience, can you tell us a little bit more about how you started in the chocolate industry? It actually started some years ago when I first uh, worked in the food business, which um, began with cereals, breakfast cereals, uh, which has a lot of chocolate component in that. You, you started with Kellogg's, is that correct? That's right. That's right. So worked with a lot of brands, um, including chocolate. And that's when I began to really uh, enjoy working in the chocolate-related uh, industry professionally. Obviously, we all enjoy chocolate from a young age. And it leaves yes, an impression on all of us. Uh, but I think to, to be lucky enough to work within that um, is, is another level. So uh, from that time, um, I was lucky to also uh, go from there to work in the biscuit industry, which, again, has a lot oh, of really? chocolate component. That's right. Exciting. Well, that's really wonderful. So then obviously all of this was just a very... I would say a natural transition then to Godiva, right? Because that's where your former CEO. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and that opportunity? Yes. Well, you know, Godiva was really the, the first opportunity to fully immerse uh, myself into in the world of chocolate. And uh, within that within that uh, time, um, I was lucky to be able to work with a lot of wonderful people to bring the joy of chocolate to many consumers around the world. In fact. And with that, we were able to reach people from all different occasions where they interact with the chocolates and enjoy chocolates in different ways. And it was really a journey of discovery, to be honest, for many years. Oh, it's really, it's, and you really bring out the, you know, from especially the importance of chocolate, you know, especially growing up as a child and then culturally, but then how it's just such a global phenomenon in enjoyment as well. Yes. And may I ask what years that you were um, working with Godiva and on that journey? 
Yeah, it started in two thousand, beginning of two thousand and ten, and it okay. continued for um, for almost nine years. Oh, wonderful! That's incredible. So almost a, the, a decade there. And in your time at Godiva, how did you scale the business? The business um, was very interesting in the sense that it had presence uh, in many countries across uh, all the different continents: in Asia, in the Middle East, in Europe, and in, in the U.S. So the, the way we were able to scale it up and to, to develop it was to really understand uh, what chocolate means to consumers in different parts of the world. Everybody loves chocolate. We all have our own memories of chocolate from how we grew up. Um, and, and that's a common factor for everyone. But there are differences in the way people enjoy chocolate in different countries. So, for example... In Asia, consumers love chocolate in Japan, but they like it in more formal occasion where you share it as a gift during Valentine's Day or, or Women's Day. In China, it's a new phenomenon. And in the last 15 years or so that you started to see chocolate really spread. So the, the growth there is driven by the self-enjoyment of chocolate rather than the gifting side. Uh, and in the U.S., the culture has been there for a long time. In the Middle East, a very important part for us, the, the, the idea of gifting and the generosity of gifting is a tradition that's been there for, for forever. And chocolate now plays a really important part in that. So we had to learn to understand how consumers like to use chocolate and to be able to bring that to them in a way that they enjoy it. Oh, that's just very, very exciting, just all of the research, but then also understanding still the connectivity of chocolate throughout all cultures and, in, and globally as well. Besides that, did you learn any other really interesting facts that maybe you'd like to share with us during that journey about any stories or anecdotes about uh, understanding that in different cultures and bringing it to them? Yes, I mean, th there are certainly very different taste profiles. Consumers in different regions um, have a, a certain preference. In the U.S., the chocolate is consumed slightly more sweeter than they are in other parts of the yes. world. So, you know, we, we have to allow that. In, in Europe, you know, in Switzerland, consumers like milk chocolate. In France, consumers like slightly less sweet and, and slightly bitter. In Asia, it's more dark chocolate. It has a lot of health connotations for consumers. So it really does vary. And I think the interesting thing that allowed Godiva to be able to be successful is there are also commonly known types of chocolates around the world. You can have Belgian chocolate, you have Swiss chocolate, you have French chocolate. And Belgian chocolate has a characteristics of variety. Consumers like varieties and, and Belgian chocolate provides you with pralines and other choices of varieties. So you always get a box of Belgian chocolate, you open it up and you say, which one do I have first? And there's always exactly. choices. So that, that's why there's a broad appeal for that uh, by consumers around the world. Absolutely. And obviously, being an, an American, I definitely understand, you know, the flavor profile, it being more sweet, but then really that uh, just the excitement of opening up the box of Belgian chocolates and saying, which one do I have first and kind of planning it out. And exactly. I don't think that, that that diminishes as our age increases from being a young child to being an adult. You still have the same experience in that way, which no, is wonderful. Absolutely. I remember having one particular customer used to come to one of our stores in the US and he would always come once a year with the same box and ask us to refill it for him to give to his wife. And he was in his 80s, but he would come every year and bring that box and refill it for him. Oh. So that, that, that says a lot about oh. how our journey with chocolate. 
It, it absolutely does. Oh, that's just such a wonderful story. How beautiful. And it's just incredible that you're able to be part of these experiences and, and to witness them and to continue the tradition as well. It's apart from that. So when you started at Godiva, obviously you've done, you've, you did so much work in, in the nine years that you were there. But when you entered your role there, what did you see were the biggest challenges or you know, maybe the biggest avenues for opportunity of growth other than what, what we've spoken about? Or really, how much did the industry change from when you started to when you left? Well, I think one of the challenges was um, how to enter new markets. And, uh, and we, we did that. We, we entered China, we entered Saudi Arabia, we entered Korea. And the challenges were really to understand the cultural needs of those markets and, and how consumers like to relate to food and to chocolate and, and to make sure that our offer makes a lot of sense for them. So that's, that's how we, we spent our time to really study and speak to consumers and understand. Yes. And speaking to that, I know that, that you developed a new concept store that was aiming at Godiva to reach more of the millennial market. Could you explain that concept and what the ideas were behind that? Yes, I think the store concept is always important for companies that are presenting themselves in a, in a physical environment. Um, so for us, it was all about the heritage of the brand being a Belgian company with a lot of history and to bring the, the look and feel of that in the store, but also to bring modernity to the store. Young consumers want to feel that we are relevant to them in, in their uh, lifestyle of today. So we, we created a store environment that was welcoming, that was enjoyable, that was overwhelming. The sensory profile was, was important and the, and the sense of tradition uh, and variety and, and all that had to be combined. So we, we developed the concept that we launched uh, around the world. And every time we did open a store, everybody was very positive about it. So that, that's how we, oh. we developed. But it was a learning process, Aaron. It takes time and it takes sometimes mistakes before you get it right. <laughs> but uh, consumers will always tell you. They are the judges. Of the course end. they will. And just speaking about that, Chocolate and the food industry in general is on the cusp of very significant changes. You know, we're, we're seeing alternative proteins, indoor farming, obviously sustainability concerns, uh, climate change, just to name a few. So where do you think the future of chocolate lies in terms of its evolution and innovation in the industry? Yeah, chocolate has had and continues to have a, a journey of transformation and change. Uh, we all know that uh, as an industry, uh, there's been challenges around securing a very clean source of cocoa that's free from issues such as child labor and things like that. Um, so many companies have been working hard to make sure that the supply comes in a very credible way. Looking at the future, consumers today are caring a lot about different things that are relevant to them, including, as you mentioned, you know, free from some ingredients that are not, not good. Mm -hmm. And that has changed over time. Today, some consumers prefer to have dairy-free, for example, and exactly. they want to have their product um, you know, in a way that is friendly to the environment, much more friendly. Packaging became important as well. So, you know, these changes, uh, environmental changes, are having an impact uh, on how consumers are deciding what they want, and that, that impacts the chocolate industry. 
you know, one, one of the things that struck me after my time at Godava is I was reading an article one day about uh, innovation, in fact. Um, and, and within that article, there was a mention of a, um, a chocolate innovation that I had not come across before. And the chocolate innovation, if I may mention it, it's called Coco Terra. Uh, and that, uh, that innovation is, is something that just basically um, had the, the hair on my arm just go up when I saw it because I realized the enormity of that innovation. Most people don't know that to make chocolate that we buy um, in the store is a long process. It's a complex process that, that often takes processing in two factories or more to get that chocolate there from the bean and the farm all the way. So to, to, to learn that there is an innovation that allows you to make this chocolate at any way you like it through a, a machine that is no bigger than a blender at your home is, is revolutionary. And I was compelled to get in touch with the inventor of, of, uh, of, of Coco Terra. And the more I learn about it, the more um, I'm just amazed by it. And the reason for that is there's a lot of people who love chocolate, but they cannot have it because it has components in it, whether it's allergens, or allergic to peanuts, or they cannot have dairy, or they have celiac and, and gluten-free uh, requirement. And they cannot be sure about what they can have in some of the chocolate products. So... This um, this innovation allows them to make chocolate in any way they like within two to two and a half hours. Um, it, it's it just, is quite it, remarkable. It, it's, a, it's a huge change to the chocolate industry that you will see for the next several years. I was asking many, many questions when I spoke with the inventor, Nate, uh, about it. But uh, it is true. It's real. And, uh, and I can't wait to see the product out there. What were the, some of the questions that you asked him, if you don't mind? From, from your experience, it'd be interesting to know. Well, I, I wanted to understand, you know, how can such a complex process that I know of making chocolate from bean to bar can be made in one machine in two hours? And is it possible to go through all the steps of making chocolate to get it to that stage? And, you know, I saw it and I, I was convinced. And then the question for me can this product, when it's when it's delivered and it's finished, can it be of the right finish and quality that you can enjoy? And it absolutely is. It's it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And like you said, not only does the quality stand up, but you know, being in your own home, in your kitchen, and being able to meet your own needs, whatever they may be, whether they're dietary restrictions or flavor preferences, or just to be able to be your own chocolate maker and to try different recipes and to try different things. And then on top of it, to know that the chocolate that you're sourcing through Coco Terra or from wherever in the world that you can try different things, it can all be done in the convenience of your own home. It really seems like magic. <laughs> and, and you can have it as sustainable as you want. Exactly. It will be completely yeah. sustainable. You don't have to deal with the issues of packaging. That is one of the most environmentally challenging issues we have. You can make it in your own machine at home and consume it at home. So Exactly. In packaging and then the transport, like you said, on top of it, right? Like you mentioned, most people do not really understand the whole process of what it takes. Whether you're, you know, just getting like a little candy bar or if you're going to the Godiva store or if you're going to the market and buying some cacao that's locally sourced, they don't really understand uh not only the process, but the environmental impact. And so beyond being like the consumer being able to be their own chef, but like they can really be an advocate for sustainability. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think I think this is as close to carbon neutral as you are going to be able to make it uh, as a consumer. You can have an influence on that. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And I, I'm waiting when the, when, when the actual Calcutta machine is available and I'll be, I'll be one of the first, I hope, to, to grab one of those. I, I'm sure that you will. Yes. <laughs> so from an investor standpoint, how would you value the opportunities in the chocolate industry today? The chocolate industry has been remarkably resilient and successful during the COVID pandemic. And the reason for that is as consumers went through some very difficult time, um, chocolate is a, is a personal reward that's affordable, that makes you feel good during some challenging times, whatever those times are. So and I think as an industry, if one looks at it from an investor point of view, you can always put a strong value against the chocolate industry from a perspective of mm-hmm. buying a business or from a perspective of or investing in a business. I think this is, uh, this is really a positive. I think the important thing is the chocolate industry, and, and you'll see this today in a lot of chocolate companies that are emerging and existing companies that are transforming themselves that they are leading in, in uh, innovation towards the ESG initiative, the environmental and social and governance, to make sure that they are much more holistic um, and mm-hmm. much more um, broadly encompassing the trends that are taking place that consumers are telling us than other industries, to be honest. And, and that, I think, will, will place the chocolate industry in a very good place with consumers in the, in the future. Excellent. And I was wondering, too, you know, when we're talking about wellness and obviously with cacao being and knowing in your very long history, not only the the reward that we have of chocolate in the place that it's a very personal experience, but returning back to that root and to the holistic benefits that we're seeing a lot more and the sacredness as well. You know, especially, um, for example, I was just in uh, Mexico for some time in Oaxaca. And so with the Mayan, the Mayan culture, obviously, it's very traditional and very sacred. I, I actually participated in a cacao ceremony. And it's just, it's, a, it's, it's another level. And I think I, I'm just wondering, too, in that avenue, if you see opportunities as well for that to be delivered more into a home environment as opposed to, you know, just having a chocolate bar or a treat. And if you could expand maybe on what you see as a avenues for investment or maybe moving with the SG, you know, initiative, having more emphasis on health and wellness as well and the benefits of Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, there are there are several elements to chocolate, and I think you've touched on a very important one. Uh, I mean, chocolate traces back to the Aztecs and, and to the to the ancient civilization of Latin America, and was brought to Europe, you know, through the the, the, the expeditions that went into Latin America. And when you today, for those who really enjoy chocolate in a in a more connoisseur way, you can always take a a bite of a, of a bar of chocolate and close your eyes and you can go on a journey and you can be in Ecuador, you can be in Peru, you can be in Mexico, you can be in Africa. Um, so, you know, you can actually taste the, the origin from the air to the, you know, to the soil, to the environment. It all comes through the cacao and, and, and it's amazing. And when you, when you combine that with the things that the chocolate does in terms of mood, in terms of health, you know, you find that, you know, you are blessed to have this this amazing product available to us to enjoy. 
from an investment point of view, I think you you know you would find that there's a lot of emerging industries and chocolate new brands that are coming up that are embracing the origin of the cacao and 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 and, and how they can combine that with what the the young generation now is forcing us to do and which I'm glad they are which is to be more environmentally responsible. Yeah. So when you do that you you will get a combination of of a whole proposition through chocolate that brings you health and joy and and happiness and and connects you with the world. Uh, I yes. can't think of any other product that can do that. I, and I love that you bring up too, um, you know, not only the different regions, but just how the flavor profile can come through and it really can transport you, right? Chocolate has just, yeah. like, like we've been discussing, so many different layers of importance as humans to be able to have that experience, but yeah. also for people to this global connection in the global community and how we can bring cultures together and maybe you can't get on a plane and go to Lima but you know maybe you can have some chocolate and know what that's like to have a little bit of that experience yeah so you know when when the cocoa terra machine finally is launched and available to all of us and you have the opportunity to make your own chocolate journey I positively challenge you to do this. You you get one of the Coca Terra origin chocolate cacao. You can get Peru or Ecuador or Mexico, and you make the product without adding too much to it, except just the basic things to be able to get the pure taste of chocolate. It's something that you'll be able to control yourself. So you know it, it not it won't have so much sugar, for example. It won't have so much milk or so much additive. And you can make it and you become a connoisseur and you experiment and try and have fun. And you will enjoy something that you never imagined would be being possible. And all from the comfort of home in your kitchen. I mean, so, I know I will definitely be becoming a connoisseur and experimenting and having fun and inviting friends over and family. And then what wonderful gifts to be able to make too, to have just like a different, like a tasting party. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's, it's revolutionary uh, and it's part of where we're heading. Um, you know, we are, we are advancing technologically and I think, you know, even in the chocolate industry, this is an innovation that I never thought was going to be possible. It, it just wasn't in my mind and yet um, it's upon us. Mohammed, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your time and your experience. We hope you listeners enjoyed it as well. Be sure to follow us on social media. And if you have any comments or additional questions from Mohammed, please leave them there. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs>